Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Tuesday, it's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. I'm back. What a lovely Tuesday it is. I like on a Monday better, but it is what it is. Monday Night Football needs to be reviewed on time. So we're gonna do this until football is over and then we go back to Mondays. But we got a packed show, lots to get into. Week 12 of the NFL season. We got Monday Night Football to talk about. There's some quarterbacks that are on the cusp of possibly losing their jobs, in my opinion. There's also some NBA news. There's big news coming out of Boston. What's wrong with their point guard? And there's also some point guard issues going on in Los Angeles. Not with the Clippers. It's actually with the defending champions. And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Week 12 of the NFL season is underway. We still haven't wrapped up because we have that weird, odd game that's happening on Wednesday. But let's talk about what happened on Sunday as well as what happened on Monday Night Football. So there's some games I want to talk about. I want to talk about the 49ers and Rams game. I want to talk about, obviously, the game of the week between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. And I also want to talk about the Monday Night Football game between the Seahawks and the Eagles. So the first game we're going to cover is going to be the San Francisco 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. 49ers win this game in a shocker, 23-20. I couldn't believe that the 49ers actually played this well defensively. Now granted, they got a lot of guys back defensively and they looked very, very sharp. They frustrated Jared Goff all night. I mean, that's not hard to do. He's not a very good quarterback. But at the same time, they ran the ball effectively And Mullins didn't play too bad. I mean, when you look at the box score, you see that Nick Mullins, 252 yards passing, an interception. You have Raheem Mostar, he's he's back, 43 yards rushing. Wilson had 43 yards rushing. McKinnon had an extra 21. So the the running game was working collectively. It had 114 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Debo Samuel was a beast. 11 catches, 133 yards. He was just all over the place. They could not stop him. He was going across the middle. He was catching everything. And the Rams just, they couldn't, they, they didn't have an answer for this kid. On the other side of the football, I mean, let's talk about the, the Rams, right? Let's talk about Jared Goff. 198 yards passing, two interceptions. Cam Akers on the ground had 84 yards rushing. Robert Woods had a good game catching the ball. He had 80 yards. Cooper Cup didn't have a good game, 41 yards. But here's the problem. When your quarterback has a passer rating of like 75 and his QBR is like in the 40s or 30s, nine times out of 10, you're not going to win that football game. Jared Goff needs everything to be perfect, pristine. Everything has to work well for the Rams to have success with him. He's not a quarterback that can be able to get you out of jams if nothing is working well. That's not the type of guy he is. He needs things to be tailor-made for him. And the 49ers defense did not make this a tailor-made situation for him. Cooper Cup couldn't get separation. Robert Woods was still effective. He's a very good receiver. But those two guys are normally used to getting exactly what they want. And the, the 49ers were not giving them that. They were getting into these, these passing lanes. They were getting deflections. They were, you know, covering these guys tight where they couldn't get separation. Those are the things that you didn't see out of the 49ers defense in many weeks. Because why? They've been banged up. Now, 
Is this a letdown game for the Rams? 100% is a letdown game for the Rams. You expected the Rams to be able to, even though things are not going well, find a way to win the game. They're obviously the better football team, but they didn't play like the better football team today. I am not a Jared Goff fan. I've had plenty of people tell me, oh, Jared Goff is good. Jared Goff is good. He, he's not better than Dak Prescott. He's not better than a lot of people in the league. I will take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Jared Goff. I'm telling you right now. Fitzpatrick has magic in those arms. Goff? No, no, no. He doesn't. Jared Goff to me looks like Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Get Jared Goff the hell out of here. He's not a good quarterback at all. I don't care. On the 49ers side, though, listen, like I said, I think Nick Mullins is a serviceable quarterback. I think he's one of those quarterbacks that can be a transitional quarterback. So when you draft a, a quarterback and you need to have him sit for a year or two, Nick Mullins is your guy. He can be able to steer the ship without crashing it. He's not going to be a horrible quarterback. He's not going to be a great quarterback. He's going to be a middle-of-the-road guy that can be able to just do what you need him to do, get the ball out fast, make passes, not turn the ball over, not cost you a football game. Nick Mullins is that type of quarterback, and there's nothing wrong with that. You need guys like that. That's why he's always going to be a favorable backup because if your quarterback struggles, your starting quarterback struggles or he gets hurt, you know that you're guaranteed to have a guy that can be able to protect the ball and can be able to move your offense down the field. That's all you can ask for. Now, the 49ers are 5-6. and six. Can they be able to possibly catch lightning in a bottle? Can they win four out of their last five games? Can they possibly make the playoffs? Is it possible? Anything is possible. Will it happen? I, I don't see that happening. I think that they have a tough road ahead of them. If they can find a way to string string along some wins, maybe, but I, I, nah, nah. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. Now, that turns our attention to the game of the week, possibly, right, or supposed to be, between the Chiefs and the Bucks. Chiefs win this game 27-24. Pat Mahomes goes off for 462 yards, passing three touchdowns. This was a beating. You don't even care about the running game. Clyde Edwards, hilarious. He didn't have a good game. 37 yards on the ground. Pat Mahomes had 28. But Tyreek Hill, 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns. Where the Buccaneers playing defense, they had single coverage on Tyreek Hill all game. Why? Why would you ever single cover that man? He's the fastest guy in the NFL. And not only is he the fastest guy in the NFL, he knows how to run routes. So if you know how to run routes and you're fast, you need to be double covered. You need to be triple covered. They need to know exactly where you are at all times. That's exactly what did not happen for the Buccaneers. I don't know what they're doing offensively. I don't know what they're doing defensively. But nothing's working for this team. They look like a complete dumpster fire right now. Tom Brady had, if you look at his numbers, 345 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. But the numbers don't tell you how the game went. He looked terrible. He threw two awful interceptions. They were down big. The offense didn't, they didn't look right. Tom Brady is not the quarterback that everybody thinks he's supposed to be. He's 43 years old. He looks like a 43-year-old playing football. That's okay. But people need to stop talking about him like he's still the guy 10 years ago or even five years ago. He's not that guy. Ronald Jones, nine cat, uh, carries, 66 yards on the ground. Gronkowski had 106 yards receiving. Godwin, 97. Mike Evans, nowhere to be found again. Why? Because you can't get him the football. Brady overthrows. He's throwing stuff out of bounds. You got Antonio Brown, who was non-existent, two catches for 11 yards. This offense needs help, and Tom Brady is not the one to help them. He does not look comfortable in this offense. Why? Because they have weapons that he cannot get the football to. What's the point? What's the point? At seven and five, everybody was saying, oh, they have all these weapons. They're great. They're great. They don't look that great to me, especially defensively. They can't stop anyone, anyone. And Bruce Arians is blaming Brady. He only needs to blame one person, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator. Blame him. Blame him for that strategy, that game plan to single cover Tyreek Hill all day. Keep the, the, the cornerback on an island by himself all night. 
Stupid. This entire organization right now is in flux. I don't know what's going on. I mean, but they don't look like they got everything together. Bruce Arians is in a power struggle with Tom Brady. Todd Bowles doesn't know what defense he's running from week to week. It's just, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. For the Chiefs, listen, we don't have to talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best offense in football. They're the most dangerous team in football. The Steelers might be the best team right now, but down the line, we're going to be talking about the Chiefs in another Super Bowl. You can't stop them. They can play the running game. They can play a physical game. They can outscore you. They get turnovers on defense. Their defense is not playing at a high level like it was at the end of last season, but they're still playing pretty decent. They're not losing you football games. So they're they're scary, man. They're scary. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. No doubt about it. You have Aaron Rodgers playing well. He's not better than Pat Mahomes. You got Russell Wilson playing great. He's not better than Pat Mahomes. He's playing on another earth right now. That's how that's how good he is. He's not even on this earth. He's on, he's on earth nine playing like this. Crazy. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Turning my attention to the Monday night football matchup between the Seahawks and the Eagles. Seahawks win this game 23-17. It was a low-scoring game, but Russell Wilson only had to do so much to win this game. He, uh, he had a decent game, 230 yards passing, a touchdown. The running game for Seattle couldn't do anything again. They only had 76 total yards on the ground and a touchdown. But the story of the night offensively is DK, I can bench press a car, Metcalf. 10 receptions, 177 yards. You can't stop him. You really can't stop him. Like, it's not an exaggeration. You know, people like to say that, oh, you can only hope to contain him. That's legit. This dude is a linebacker playing wide receiver, and he's fast, and he's strong, and you can't stick him on the line. You can't cheat on coverage because if you play too close, he's going to blow by you. If you tried to you know, out-physical him at the line of scrimmage, he's going to throw you to the ground, and then he'll be open for 70 yards down the field. There's not much you can do with this guy, man. He is a an amazing talent. Only guys like Jalen Ramsey, physical, real cornerbacks like that, legit shut down corners, those guys can put a restricted plate on Metcalf. But anybody else, you're going to get burned, you're going to get embarrassed, and you're going to get beat up. For the Eagles, though, I mean, Carson Wentz, 215 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. He threw 45 passes. They can't run the ball. They just abandoned the run. And there was nothing that they can do offensively. None of their wide receivers can get any separation. There's nothing, there's no talent on this roster. And Carson Wentz looks like a quarterback with no confidence. He does not look like somebody who's leading a football team. There's a problem here. They have to either get him right or get him out. Doug Peterson, he has a tough road ahead of him. I'm not saying that he's on the hot seat. But it's getting warm. It's getting really warm because since that triumphant Super Bowl, they've looked like dog shit. They look like complete garbage. So what are they? What are their plans? How are they going to improve this roster? How are they going to get more talent on this team? I don't know. They haven't drafted well. They haven't put this team together. So do you have confidence in them being able to hit free agency and make a splash or draft the right players? No. No. On the Seahawks' end, they had to win this game because if they didn't win the game, then we'd be talking about them as pretenders because this Eagles team is a pushover. They have no talent. If you can't beat them, then you have big issues. But the problem that Seattle has, like every week, is the defense. The defense is hard to watch. Now, listen, they played well this week because they're playing a dumpster fire team. That's, they, they were supposed to win. They're supposed to look good. They're supposed to be able to show off and sack the quarterback and be in the in, in the backfield and be aggressive because they're playing no one. But once they play somebody good, that defense can't show up. They don't do much. So I don't see how they're going to be able to win a Super Bowl with that awful, awful defense. It's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Russell Wilson, special. DK Metcalf, special. Running game, suspect. Defense, suspect. So, you know, they're, they're just winning because 
they got those two guys. And they got Lockett. He's also talented. But, man, oh, man, they, they have some real big concerns that they have to address. And if they don't address them, they're going to be going home come playoff time. It's just the way it is. And now we can talk about the COVID game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore is 6-4. and four, Pittsburgh is 10-0. and oh, And I got the Steelers winning this game. They're the better team. They have the better defense. I think that they're going to be able to frustrate Lamar Jackson, frustrate that offensive line, frustrate that running game, and, you know, kind of plug up those, those running lanes that Lamar Jackson likes to get into. If you shut down those running lanes, if you take away that running game, that play action is not effective. The ball does not go downfield effectively. Lamar Jackson does not see the field well. And that's why his receivers are struggling. That's why guys can't seem to find the rhythm. The tight end is struggling. Hollywood is struggling. You got guys on this team, wide receivers, everybody who's catching the football, they don't look good because Lamar Jackson is not finding them. He can't see guys that are open because as soon as the pressure starts to break down that pocket, he's out. He doesn't even try to stay in there and deliver a pass. That's that's a huge problem for me. And everybody keeps anointing this guy. I'm not anointing nothing. He's not impressive to me. Yes, he's fast. Yes, he's Michael Vick on steroids. But Michael Vick wasn't accurate. Michael Vick wasn't actually a quarterback. That's the problem. So prediction in regards to the game, what's going to be the score? Steelers win 27-20. to And they end up stifling Lamar Jackson. They end up stifling that offense. After the break, we're going to play a little game on a Tuesday. It's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. I remember many episodes back, probably like 20-plus episodes back, maybe more. I played a game called Should We Break Up or Stay Together? And we're going to play that again with these NFL quarterbacks who I think are on the brink of possibly losing their jobs or maybe getting relocated, whatever the situation is. But the marriage is not so hot right now. or The relationship is not so hot right now. So let's start it up. Should we break up or stay together? All right, welcome to Break Up or Stay Together. Our first contestants are going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the legend Tom Brady. Tom Brady has had a, you know, a, a rocky first season. It's been a rocky couple of months with his new boo after his old boo decided that they wanted to part ways and, you know, not work with each other anymore. So this situation is a little dicey. They looked good early on, and then now they're starting to have some real, real issues. Tom Brady, he ended up having a terrible game on Sunday against the Chiefs. Obviously, the, the, the stats look good, but they were down big. He threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to get it close, but the game wasn't that close. So should they break up or stay together? And my answer is they should stay together. Why? Because they have no choice. Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tied their carriage to this horse. They got rid of Jameis Winston because he was Mr. Turnover prone, right? He threw for 5,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But was it all Jameis's fault? Honestly, yes, his decision making is poor. But the one thing that Jameis Winston can do 
is air the ball out. Now, I think Bruce Arians' ego kind of got the best of him, saying, oh, I could be able to work with Tom Brady. You know, give me, look what I did with Jameis. I won seven games with Jameis. I could be able to win 12 games with Tom Brady. The problem is that Tom Brady doesn't throw the ball downfield. You have receivers that need to go downfield. They are downfield receivers. They like big plays, big chunk plays. Tom Brady can't do that anymore. But the thing is, they can't get rid of him because they gave him two years at, what, $60 million or something like that? So they can't they can't go in another direction. They have to ride this wave out. And who knows? Possibly Brady and Arians may be going after next season. Next contestants we have up is going to be the Detroit Lions and Matt Stafford. So these two have been together for a long time. They haven't gone anywhere. You know, it's been a pretty decent relationship, but they haven't done anything spectacular. So the Lions are struggling. They just fired their GM. They just fired their head coach. It's possible that Matt Stafford may be looking like he may be on the outside, right? So should they break up or stay together? My answer is, they should break up. Aww. Matt Stafford has done all he can here. I believe that it's time for Detroit to go in a new direction. They have to get another quarterback, get younger, get somebody who they can be able to build around, get some young talent, and just start from scratch. There's nothing wrong with that. You can be able to part and part ways amicably. You can be able to still be friends, still call each other and all that stuff and check on each other. But at the same time, you go somewhere else, I go somewhere else. And I think that's what needs to happen with the Detroit Lions and with Matthew Stafford. It's time for him to be able to go to another team. I personally believe Matthew Stafford still has a lot left in the tank. If he can go somewhere that's a competent football team and a contender, he can be able to get them, you know, possibly deep into the playoffs. He's a very good quarterback. And for the Lions, like I said, starting over is always a good thing. You can be able to start fresh. They're going to hire a new GM. And with a new GM, they always want their guys. So the writing's on the wall for Matthew Stafford. Next contestants up is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and their quarterback, Carson Wentz. They've been together for a few years. They've actually won a Super Bowl together. But guess what? He wasn't the quarterback that won the Super Bowl. So they've struggled ever since he's come back from that devastating ACL injury. He's not looked like the same quarterback. He was in the MVP talks that year until he got hurt. And then now Carson Wentz is a man without a country. He just looks lost. There's no talent on this team as well. So it makes it very hard for him to actually look productive. But he does not look like a confident quarterback. So should they break up or stay together? My answer is they should break up. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles need to part ways with Carson Wentz. They need to get rid of this guy. They need to turn the franchise over to either Jalen Hurts or draft another quarterback. Carson Wentz needs a change of scenery. This is not a good place for him. Philadelphia is a town that will get ugly if you don't produce. And he has not produced for them for quite some time now. And it may be time for him to get out of town, go somewhere else, start fresh, Maybe he can be a starter somewhere else. Maybe he can be a, a, a competent backup. Who knows? But they have to part ways. They have to move on from Carson Wentz to, to be able to get better and get better fast. They have to get rid of the quarterback. Next contestants we have are the Chicago Bears and quarterback Nick Foles. Super Bowl winning quarterback Nick Foles. He was the hero for the Eagles in that triumphant Super Bowl and they beat Tom Brady. It's always a good thing. Now, he's in Chicago. Things are not right in Chicago. You know, there's a complicated situation with the quarterback, with the head coach, with the running game. The defense doesn't look that great this year. The special teams is bad. Now, what should the Chicago Bears do? Should they break up or should they stay together? This one is a no-brainer. They should break up. Aww. Nick Foles is not an NFL starter anymore. He's a backup. He's a great backup because when you have a struggling starting quarterback, the backups always look that much better, right? And Nick Foles has always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. 
that's the problem with him is that he can be a great backup coming for a couple games or maybe even a half a season or so and 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 you know create magic but for an entire year where he's your guy no 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 that's the problem that is the issue with Nick Foles you have to move on you got to draft the quarterback Mitch Trubisky was a failure you got to get rid of that as well and maybe Matt Nagy has to go so they may revamp the entire coaching staff and also the entire quarterback position next contestants we have up is going to be the Atlanta Falcons and their possibly Hall of Fame quarterback Matt Ryan they've had a rough season they fired their head coach and all of a sudden they started playing better but is this something where it can be sustained for next season? Or is it just really, you know, it's just a changing of the guard and they're playing hard and they're just trying to play out the string? Who knows? But the question is, should they break up or stay together? I think that they should stay together for now. Matt Ryan has been a serviceable quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons for his entire career. But he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So what they can do is draft a young quarterback, let him sit there for a year or two, and when Matt Ryan's contract gets closer to being up, then you can be able to part ways with him and start the new regime. That's what they should do. I don't think that they should get rid of Matt Ryan now. I just think that they should be able to prepare for the future. Draft a young quarterback, advise Matt Ryan, listen, I need you to take him under your wing. Teach him everything you know and, you know, help him, help him get up to speed. That's where they have to go because in order for them to be a successful franchise five, seven years down the line, Matt Ryan is not going to be their quarterback. That's just the reality. And our last contestants going to be the New York Giants and their young quarterback, Danny Daniel, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Now, Dave Gettleman swung for the fences on this one. Nobody's seen that Daniel Jones was going to be this high in the draft. He ended up taking him and whatever. He wanted everybody to say, listen, I, Dave Gettleman, look, he picked a stud. Look, look what he does. He, he's such an evil genius. That's what he wanted. But guess what? It hasn't worked out that way, has it? I don't think so. So what should they do? Should they break up or stay together? I think that they should break up. I don't think that Daniel Jones is the answer. I don't believe that he's a guy that's going to be able to get them to a Super Bowl. I just don't see the talent. He can throw the football, but he's not that smart with the football. He turns the ball over too much. He can't hang on to the football. He fumbles too much. This is an issue. When you have a quarterback that cannot hold the football, you can't put him on the field because you can't trust him. If there's a blindside sack, the ball's coming out. If, if there's a little pressure in the pocket, the ball's coming out. You can't trust a guy like that. Maybe they can be able to fix it, but why should you fix it when you could just draft another quarterback because this quarterback class is very, very good. So if it's very good, why try to fix this broken one? Just get another one. That's my opinion. That's what they should do. But are they going to do that? Well, who knows? It's the Giants. They don't listen to anybody. We have Super Bowls. We have lineage. Do the right thing. Get rid of the quarterback. Move on. And maybe you guys can be able to start getting in the right direction. Because over the last decade, you guys have not looked great. That is it for the game show. I hope all the contestants are happy with their decisions going forward. And hopefully they can be able to get back on the right path and be happy. <laughs> Jeez. Coming up after the break, some NBA news. The Lakers have some concerns. And so does the Celtics. On a Tuesday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening, I'm tuned in, I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now, I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here, let's go. Welcome back, y'all. The NBA is 
always a interesting, interesting league. Around this time, you have a lot of trades, you have some drama, some suspense, and training camp just started today, officially, right? But we got some word out of some places that things are not looking so hot. And it's actually the two teams that are the most historical teams in, in NBA history. First off, let's talk about the Boston Celtics. They just reported that Kemba Walker is not going to be up to speed or healthy until sometime in January. Now, season starts December 22nd. That's not a huge issue, maybe, but it could be. He struggled with a knee problem the entire playoffs. Now, because we have such a quick turnaround for the season, he's not going to be ready. Understandable. But is this going to cause Boston to have concerns going forward? Do they have enough depth at point guard to be able to withstand Kemba Walker being out for an extended period of time? Well, they have Marcus Smart. They lost Brad Wanamaker. They have some talent here. They could be able to, to be all right. You know, the regular season, it is what it is. It's a battle of attrition. If you have enough talented guys, you can be able to withstand injuries that, you know, guys are going to be out a month, probably, you know, three weeks, maybe even four to six weeks or so. It's those teams that don't have the depth that, have some issues but Danny Ainge has some talent here but here's the problem is it just me or does it feel like Danny Ainge is just snake bitten like he signed Gordon Hayward to that big contract Gordon Hayward breaks his ankle he's out for the season he's not the same player Gordon Hayward is now in Charlotte Campbell Walker signs with this team he's coming from Charlotte signs with Boston now he has a he has a knee issue and he's going to be hobbled a little bit. So it's like everybody that he signs ends up <laughs> having some type of situation going on. Al Horford gave him all that big money and he came here and just did nothing. <laughs> so that was kind of like an injury because he just came here and did nothing. But, you know, what is going on with Danny Ainge? To me, he's always been a draft hoarder, right? He's always been that guy to have all these draft picks, have all these assets. But what is it actually turning into? Besides Jason Tatum, the Lakers gave you Jason Tatum because they took Lonzo Ball. Could you imagine if the Lakers took Jason Tatum instead of Lonzo Ball? Like, we would have probably traded Anthony Davis for Jason Tatum straight up. You wouldn't have to trade everybody else. Now, okay, you drafted Tatum, you drafted Jalen Brown, you drafted Marcus Smart, but this team, draft-wise, is not impressive to me. They, they, he's had all of these assets over the years, and they've, they haven't really brought back much, or they haven't really made much out of their careers. It's a Danny Ainge problem. So I don't trust Danny Ainge to be able to fill a void if. A certain, you know, a certain guy goes down or certain guys go down in the season. I just don't think he has that type of cachet. I don't think he's a very good GM. It's just my personal opinion. I've watched a lot of Danny Ainge over the years. Eh, I can do without him. I believe that there's many other good GMs. What Danny Ainge likes to do is he likes to fleece people to thinking that he's a genius. He'll you know, manipulate a trade so great that, you know, everybody's like, oh my goodness, Danny Ainge stole the guy. Yeah, he stole him, but it wasn't a really good deal. So anytime it's a fair, you know, one for one or it's a it's an even trade for both parties, Danny Ainge doesn't end up making the deal or the deal breaks down or whatever it is because he can't manipulate a lot of those GMs that are out there. He can manipulate the suckers, but not the real good GMs out there. Uh, you know, Danny Ainge is, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he's a Boston Celtic, yeah, yeah. In other news, the Clippers have re-signed point guard Reggie Jackson. And I'm hearing that he's going to have a prominent role in that offense. I'm sure he may even start. Can't start Patrick Beverly. You got to start Reggie Jackson. Have the court gesture, the clown show, 
the biggest cheerleader in basketball come off the bench. That's the best thing for the Clippers to do. Hey, decent, decent signing. I mean, w- what else were they going to do? They struck out on every other free agent. They got Nicholas Batum. <laughs> they got Batum now. They got Reggie Jackson. They got, they got all these cast-offs. Marcus Morris signed a big deal. Hey, good for you guys. Back in the basement. Everybody has mold on their clothes because the dehumidifier doesn't work. Nicholas Batum didn't take his. Ibaka's, his, his dehumidifier hasn't come in the mail yet. <laughs> oh, man. And the Los Angeles Lakers, the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers, made a lot of moves in the offseason. They pretty much revamped their entire team, right? They lost Rondo. They lost Avery Bradley. They lost Danny Green. They lost JaVale McGee. They lost Dwight Howard. All of these guys that they lost, and they replaced them with Wesley Matthews. They replaced them with Mark Gasol, Montrezl Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder. The reason why I keep Dennis Schroeder for last is because news has broke out or rumors. or I don't know what it is. Maybe he had an interview stating that he does not want to come off the bench. That he did it, he did the bench thing in OKC, and he doesn't want to do the bench thing anymore. He wants to, you know, partner up with, with AD and LeBron and see how he can be able to help those guys and make the game for them a little easier. <sighs> Let me gather myself before I lose it. You want to come to the defending champions to take the pressure off of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. By playing point guard. Okay. Who was the point guard last year? LeBron James. Who led the league in assists last year at point guard? LeBron James. Who ended up leading the charge in the NBA Finals to have them hoist another trophy? Number 17, his fourth, Anthony Davis's first. LeBron James. So you mean to tell me that... Dennis Schroeder is going to play point guard and take LeBron James off the ball when LeBron James is probably the best passer in the NBA. He's the best passer that can be able to find guys open for three. That's what he does. He can be able to penetrate or see over the defense and find somebody open in the corner. Dennis Schroeder is 6'1", maybe. He can score, flat-out score. But you mean to tell me that you're going to replace LeBron James with Dennis Schroeder in the start lineup? What kind of <laughs> what kind of drugs you on, man? This is the thing that I hate about young players sometimes is that the hubris that they have. Like just because the Lakers wanted you, just because LeBron James wants to play with you because he's called you a dog. He loves your fiery competitive spirit. Doesn't mean you have to cache to come in here and start making demands, bruh. Like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? You couldn't start no KC. The last time you started, you was in Atlanta. Where did they go? And they got rid of you, right? Nah, you ain't starting over here. This is the problem. Sometimes too much talent can be a bad thing. I was having a conversation with my boys in our basketball chat, because, you know, we're weekend warriors or before this whole COVID nonsense happened. And, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the past seasons where, you know, we had great teams, great chemistry, and then all of a sudden we put a couple guys on the team that were really talented, but they destroyed the team chemistry. We didn't win. We ended up getting embarrassed in the playoffs. The guy that we signed that was supposed to be the best player on our team just quit mid-game and walked off. It was a disaster. It was was the most embarrassing performance that I've seen in that league. Like, nobody behaved that way, and we had to be the ones to be that way. You know what I mean? And it was like, we sacrificed all of that chemistry just to stack the team with talent. And sometimes, that's not the way to go. It's not the way to go. And in this situation... Dennis Schroeder thinks that he can just come in here and, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a prominent role. Absolutely, you're going to have a prominent role. 
Nobody ever said that you're not going to be an important piece to this puzzle. But you're going to sit on that bench and wait till your number's called because you're a six man. That's what you are. You're not no starter next to no LeBron James. You're not a starter next to Anthony Davis. Not while LeBron James is there. Kyle Kuzma, I hate him to death. But he deserves a start over a Dennis Schroeder. You just got here. Cool the hell out, man. Like, what is wrong with these kids? Kyrie Irving. Oh, I got to prove that I'm the man. LeBron James was giving Kyrie Irving the team in Cleveland. All of a sudden, he wants to leave. Like, does that make sense? Now this guy's coming here. Oh, well, you know, my agent said that he talked to Rob and Rob agreed that I could be able to start. Yeah, right. Rob Palenka is the GM. He ain't telling Frank Vogel who to start. Frank Vogel makes that decision. And you trying to tell me that Frank Vogel just won a championship with LeBron James playing point guard and he's going to say, you know what? You know what will really be good for us to win another championship and maybe win the most games in the league? If we start Dennis Schroeder at point guard over the best passer in basketball, the guy who averaged 10 plus assists in the NBA last year, that guy. How, how does that make sense? Just dumb. But I, what do I expect out of Dennis Schroeder? Nothing. I, I don't expect him to, to say anything smart. I heard a couple years back that, oh, he never wants to play for the Lakers. Well, you're here now. So if you don't behave yourself, you're going to be on the first thing smoking. And that's where you need to go if you keep talking. You and Kyle Kuzma can share the same plane. Two plane tickets to get the hell out of town. Because I'm telling you, Rob Palenka will trade you for nothing. If you end up being a malcontent on this team, he will get rid of you. And that's what they have to avoid. I believe that LeBron James is the ultimate chemistry builder. He'll be able to talk to Schroeder, you know, get him on board. But if he don't get on board, he going to get on that plane and he going to get out of town. <laughs> So I'm going to see what happens with this situation. Plus, they just signed Jared Dudley back. I'm sure he's going to be in Schroeder's ear as well. So we're going to see what happens. He's going to try to be a tough guy, and he's going to be on that tough plane scene <laughs> going back to OKC or going somewhere else. He, he may end up being in basketball purgatory, and I mean like the Kings or the Knicks, somewhere like that. So keep it up. Keep it up. After the break... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday. It's all leaving. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time welcome back y'all so without further ado the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week dummy. Yeah. we pick candidates on tuesday and friday and we pick the winner on that friday show so i'm just gonna go ahead and pick the winner it's tuesday <laughs> i'm not waiting until friday man the winner is already here the envelope is in May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Nate Robinson. <laughs> Nate Robinson, former NBA player, big three player. I'm not even going to call him a star. And now turned pro boxer or is imitating a pro boxer. Nate Robinson is my dummy. Yeah. Because here's the thing. On Saturday... He got knocked out, knocked out cold, and that was expected. But here's the problem that I have with Nate Robinson. 
Nate Robinson called Jake Paul out. Jake Paul is this internet sensation. A lot of people hate him. You know, he he wants to be a boxer. He aspires to rap and do a whole bunch of other stuff. But Nate Robinson decided to say, you know what, yo, this dude Jake Paul talks a lot. I'm going to handle him, right? I'm going to handle him. But (laughs) he did not do his research. Jake Paul got some video out there where he's knocking dudes out and sparring. So you mean to tell me that Nate Robinson did not know that this guy can actually throw his hands? Or maybe Nate Robinson just thought that he's such a superior athlete that he can be able to step into a boxing ring and actually perform well. Ah, Newsflash, Nate Robinson. People don't play box. Boxing is a lifestyle. When you start to box, you have to completely change how you eat, how you train, everything. You have to stay in condition all the time. You have to be in prime shape all the time. You have to be working on your footwork all the time. You have to be working on your hand speed all the time. You have to be working on your 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 uh your head movements all the time. Tucking your chin, making sure you keep your shoulder down. Making sure you use your shoulder as defense. Whoever was training Nate Robinson didn't teach him any of this shit. (laughs) So he's been doing two-a-days since August. Doing what? What What did they teach him? Because from what we saw in the ring on Saturday, he lunged at Jake Paul the entire the entire fight. So he had no base. You can't swing a punch without base. And he was blocking all of the punches with his face. (laughs) Yo. The knockdown where Jake Paul hit him in the air and he fell. And his head was between the ropes or underneath the ropes. And he got up and he's holding his (laughs) head. Even the ref was like, all right, man, you all right? Come to me. Come to me. Give me your hands. He wouldn't even give the ref both his hands because he was still holding his head. It's like a kid that, that was you know, in a fight in the playground and didn't expect to get hit that hard. And he, he's rubbing his head or he's telling the teacher, yo, you, he hit me. Hit. Like, yo, Nate, you didn't think that this was this was real? <laughs> like, this is a, a charity event. But Jake Paul was coming to knock you out. Out. Not just win the fight, but knock you out cold. Why? Because you think that you're just this super athlete. You can be able to go try out for the Seahawks. You didn't make team. You go ahead and continue to keep your NBA career alive. Nobody's calling. Now you want to take up boxing. Good luck with that. You're going to quit before you even started. Because this ain't the sport for you. This is called the hurt business for a reason. I don't feel sorry for Nate Robinson. Because I ain't going to lie to you, man. Nate Robinson for a long time, he thought he was tough. And then you heard him on Twitter, oh, I'm doing this for all the athletes, my NBA family. (laughs) If that's what you're doing for your family, your family is embarrassed. (laughs) They're ashamed of you. You are now the black sheep of the family. You probably were before, but you're really the black sheep of the family now. But the funny part is is when he hit Earth, right? When Jake Paul hit him with that uppercut (laughs) and then hit him with that combination, Yo, his head hit the canvas. (laughs) And he was asleep. Nate Robinson thought he was back in the slam dunk contest. (laughs) He thought he was back in MSG. (laughs) He thought he was back playing for the Knicks. He's like, yo, when you gonna put me in, coach? You sit me on this stool, but where's the bench? He's like, nah, nigga, you in a fight. You in a fight. (laughs) Nate Robinson, put those gloves down, go home, and be a father, and stop this nonsense. You've made millions of dollars in your career, and you're still out here making a fool out of yourself, unless you're broke. Because for what I heard, you only got $600 for that fight. It was $100 a round, and you got knocked out for $600. (laughs) (laughs) What I want you to do is apologize to Jake Paul. (laughs) Apologize to him. 
apologize to him and say, yo, my bad, bro. I didn't mean for it to get crazy like that. But, yo, you know, it's all good. Like, you know, I, we, we cool. We straight? Yeah, we straight, man. I knocked you out. I, I, I'm all right. I have cleansed my palate. I've purged myself of your nonsense by putting your head on the mat. <laughs> Making your nose touch pavement. That's what I wanted to do. He can't come outside no more, neither. <laughs> he can't come outside no more, neither. That's a hood rule. You get knocked out, you can't come outside no more. No way. You can't show your face. So I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what what nonsense he's going to be able to come up with. He's going to live on social media. He's going to try to. But I have some advice for him. Pick on somebody your own size. Like, maybe if there's a guy that's like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, you know, you could possibly herb that dude. But guys like Jake Paul, guys who are of, like, real men's standards of height, <laughs> don't try it. Don't try it. So, Nate Robinson, you may be the biggest loser today because you thought you knew how to fight. <laughs> but you're a winner. For Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I see you guys on Friday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud and check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's obvious the unthinkable is going to happen soon. With all the distractions in the media, we probably won't see it coming. Your gut tells you there's something very wrong going on, and all the evidence suggests that there is. Those in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. American families are preparing. Folks are getting into self-reliance and investing in emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, is the place you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save 25%, plus get free shipping on all their three-month emergency food kits. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day. It's time to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com